Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Denver Broncos UK podcast. I'm your host, Thomas Ritchie, and as usual, I'm joined by Dave Hazelden and Stuart Brunt. Welcome to the show, guys. Hello again. Good evening. The Broncos coming off their second straight win, an 11-10 win over the San Francisco 49ers on Sunday night football. Um, let's start off positively, Stuart. Um, we'll talk about the offence. Uh, we'll get to that in a bit, but... Let's start off positively and, and we'll focus on this Broncos defence because they're just outstanding once again and, and what a start to the season they've made. Yeah, apart from a couple of plays, um, they, they got gashed a couple of times there by uh, just a really good play designed by the 49ers, a couple of passes, one out to the full-back, um, one over the top to the one of the wide receivers, I can't remember who it was. But other than that, they were kept pretty shackled um, which was good to see, and obviously we we get we got turnovers, uh, massive difference with the defense there with Josie Jewell back in there. So um, it, he's proving why we picked him over the uh, other two middle linebackers we had the chance to pick at the start of the season. So uh, defensive wise, uh, as I am a very defensive minded person, um, absolutely buzzing for this team with the way they're playing, especially with injuries. I thought they'd struggle a bit with Simmons missing, but they just don't seem to have missed a beat. Um, Jules come in and if you can believe it made him even better um, I was reading someone on Twitter there they're the best second half defence by a country mile this season um, which speaks volumes for the, the changes that the, the coaching staff do the little adjustments and things like that that they must be doing at half time to make him even better which is a scary scary thought I would think for the uh, for the rest of the NFL Yeah and you mentioned the turnovers three turnovers two fumbles one of which sealed the game and the interception as well you know, over the last few years, perhaps that is one area where the Broncos' defense has not quite matched its overall performance. But you know, to generate three turnovers like that, you know, that's that's what won the game, really, isn't it? Well, yeah, but when you've looked at the coaches that we've had, they've never ever been. Not even Wade Phillips uh, back in those days were Denver ever had coordinators and coaches that were designated for or known should I say for uh, massive high turnovers Vic Fangio came in to his job after a massive high turnover uh, ratio with the um, the Bears but the two previous years they were solid top 10 defences but weren't getting the turnovers so we've had defensive minded coaches that have been fantastic but there just seems to have been that one thing missing like say could well have been turnovers they seem to be coached now to they seem to be punching a lot of balls out um, scrapping with receivers to try and get the ball out after catches and things like that there. So they've obviously been uh, given an opportunity to see maybe on film, maybe it's that sort of stuff, I don't know. But they seem to be um, attacking the ball a lot now, which is obviously um, Sunday night there. They they reap their own rewards from it. Yeah, Dave, and you know, with Vic Fangio leaving, everyone perhaps thought that the defence would maybe take a step back, but massive credit has to go to Edgero Evero and, and his staff for, for what they've been able to come in and do at this early stage. Well, guilty as charged. I, I worried for the defence. I thought, you know, it's been our, our, our highlight. But what, what, yeah, you're probably going to talk about it, but we, we could have, we had four turnovers technically. Garoppolo wanted to step out of bounds. We took one to the house as well. So, Regardless of what happened on that particular player, 
the, the defence was absolutely outstanding. They forced Garoppolo to, you know, step back out of the zone, got the safety. Had he have not done that, it was a toddy by Brad, by Bradley Chubb. So it just absolutely lights out. And like I said, I think it was most noticeably, was it was it the PGA lock at the end? He he punched the ball out. And I've been saying that for a few years, why don't they attempt to punch the ball out? Because, you know, the, it, it, um, ball security is paramount, absolutely paramount. It's the same as, keep wondering about rugby league and lightning it to rugby league, but it's the same in rugby league. You've got to hold on to that ball. If it gets punched out, it's classed as a loose carry. You've got to protect that ball. And it's something, this defence is, is, it's kind of, are they hunting the player first or are they hunting the ball first? I think I think the focus is the ball. You know what I mean? And and I think because they're focusing on the ball more than the player, I kind of think they're getting closer to the player, if that kind of makes sense. Yeah, and I think we've got to pinpoint a, a couple of players as well who really excelled so far. And I think one guy who deserves mention is who he, he did have a few question marks coming into him when the Broncos did sign him. Largely injury, I suppose. But Randy Gregory, what a start he's made opposite Bradley Chubb, you know, affecting the game, you know, all all over the field, isn't he? It's great, isn't it, having two elite pass rushes again. We didn't get to see much when Von Miller was here because of the Bradley Chubb's injuries. But you kind of, can you liken it to the were? Um, Miller era when they were both elite, and <clears throat> I think now you know Greg, Randy Gregory's had his had his uh, his injuries, and he looks to be getting up to speed now. He looks absolutely phenomenal. I can't get used to the number five on him though. It's really strange, you know, having a pass rusher with a single digit on his back. It's nice but having he, the, well, it's the triple fives, isn't it, of the two yeah. pass rushers, which is a nice. Hey, I never thought thing. about that. Is that what we call? Is that what we should call the? Maybe we should the triple the, the triple fives. That's copyrighted that now by <laughs> Thomas and the Denver Broncos UK podcast. So if you want to use it in future, uh, I'm sure Thomas will accept PayPal and Kleiner uh, and whatever. <laughs> yeah, and Stuart, as you know, having the triple fives, having the uh, the two pass rushers, you can see what what a difference that makes. You know, we've tried to do that over the last few years, and for whatever reason, it hasn't worked out. You know, from whether it was Chubb or Vaughn, uh, both of them missing time. But what you know, Bradley Chubb, three sacks in his first three games. He's you know looking back to his best as well and on pace for an outstanding season. But it's the diff- the difference when we, we when we had um, Demarcus Ware and you had Von Miller. It made the offensive lines go man for man because you couldn't have one person take Von Miller, so they double up. The same with Demarcus Ware, so then that's four out of your five uh, offensive linemen. So your centre would be taking the defensive tackle on his own, which of course we've had Terence Knight in back in the day back there causing havoc. We had um, uh, Jackson Malik Jackson causing havoc. We've now got Mike Purcell causing havoc. We've got DJ Jones. We've got Deshaun, um, uh, Draymond Jones. So what we're getting is we're getting a lot of singles because you have got two elite pass rushers or elite's a bit strong, but you have got two extremely good in-form pass rushers. So lines are having to adjust that. Just looking at the box scores now, if you looked at the box scores now, you'd have no idea the pressure that the inside of the Denver line had because the stats aren't there. 
But if you watch the game and you see the way that it unfolds, you can see exactly what, what happens with the bend don't break front front three. Um, it then allows people like Josie Jewell to come through and get some tackles for losses on running backs. It allows him to maybe pressure the quarterback on boots and things like that. There, You're seeing a lot of that. So when you've got good corners like what we have at the moment, you're then allowing yourself then to be able to play proper bump man coverage, which then limits what the quarterback can do. His internal clock's going off because he's got these elite people coming at him and making him panic. You see mistakes like Jimmy Garoppolo coming through the end zone. It's a mistake because his internal clock is not not ticking at the right speed. When he booted out and got um, his fumble, um, he's not expecting the rush to be there, and yet it is. The 49ers have got an, a, a fantastic offensive line. Trent Williams is probably the premium left tackle, and he looked like he was on roller skates most of the game, depending on who, who was who was out there with him. I think he did get injured and leave the game, I think, but still, you're you're forcing a, a premium line to have to worry about your premium defensive line, and that's where games are won in the trenches, like I've been harping on the whole time we've been doing the podcast. Um, we have always seemed to have um, an elite line once healthy and um, able just to to force their um, presence, if you like, on, on the offence, you see the results now. You're seeing Randy Gregory get multiple sacks. You've got uh, Brandon Chubb with, Bradley Chubb with the first start that he's had, really, without any injuries, and he's got product, productivity. You've seen Josie Jewell come back into the team. Productivity. Purcell there was probably, probably the best defender that we had um, in the game on Sunday so you've got these things you've got backups like DJ Jones, Draymond Jones coming in and doing their bit as well so it's not just a set three I hope these boys never get injured because we're showing depth as well which is what we've always struggled with so as far as I'm concerned there it, we're going to have a top five defence for the rest of the season if the offence just pulls a finger out for a few games we should easy um, improve on last season and um, might just sneak the playoffs and another couple of guys who uh, warrant a mention at the the back end of things on the defence, Pat Satan in just his second year, I think there was six passes thrown his way on Sunday night, didn't allow a single completion. I mean, when you can have a guy just locking down one side of the field like that, I mean, Ronald Darby's made no bad start to the season, but, you know, Pat Satan is, he looks like one of the best corners in the NFL, doesn't he? By a long way, and if you look at his college tape, you can see why he was taken a lot of head scratching last year when he was taken tenth. Um, but he, if you look at the tape and you see how he plays, and you saw the tape from last year, and you see how he plays last year, it's it was a no-brainer pick for where Denver would uh, were drafting last year. He's coming, like you say, he's got Champ Bailey feels about him the way that he um, the way that he runs, the way he backtracks, the way he covers the corners massively. If you if you look side by side footage, I think it was on Twitter last year sometime. If you if you ever get a chance to look for it, but they had a comparison of Champ Bailey playing for Washington against um, the Lions. I can't remember the name of the really really famous Lion wide receiver, but he covered him all game and left him a one catch. And Champ Bailey got an interception. If you look at that and then look at Pat Satan, they're near enough carbon copies of each other. Keyshawn Johnson. I think it's Keyshawn Johnson it was that, that he covered. But he left him with one catch all game. Uh, Champ Bailey took an interception off him in the end zone, which was a 50-50 ball. And if you just watch them there t- together, they have exactly carbon copy. Now, me, Champ Bailey's biggest fan. He's my favourite favorite 
Denver player. Um, I'm so excited for Pat Satan. He's 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 because something like 37 yards. That's all in his three games. Pat Satan's conceded 37 yards. That's it. I mean that is just phenomenal in today's NFL where it's pass happy. Um, you've got to be happy with that. The fact that the um, the other rookie on the other side has come in and and locked parts of that down as well. You've got obviously Derby in the slot who where we've seemed to leak a lot of yards is in the slot and through, through the tight end. Um, we don't seem to have done that this season. I don't know what the difference is. There's something gone on somewhere. But, you know, Kettle, Kettle only had four four catches for 28 yards. That is unheard of for a Denver defence stopping a top five yeah. tight end for that we've little struggled. production. We have struggled we, with We've always now. struggled. They mm. put Ayuk in the they, they put Ayuk in the slot to try and get him some some catches. Nothing. They took Debo Samuel off of Pat Satan and put him on the other side. And apart from the one catch he had that was about forty yards, he did nothing most of the game. So when you've got positional people like that that you have got making teams change the way they play because of that, how can you not be excited about the future for people uh, f- for these players? Um, it's honestly now if if we had the offense that we all hoped we would have the start of this season with this defense playing the way they are. Um, I think teams would be extremely scared of us going all the way to the Super Bowl. Um, obviously it's only early in the season, but just a few tweaks here and there. And um, we're going to scare a lot of teams, I think with this defense, definitely. And another couple of guys, Dave, I mean, Justin Simmons has not been, available and you know he's obviously you know we know how incredible he is but you would hardly notice Caden Stearns and PJ Locke have both stepped up there haven't they obviously PJ Locke forcing the fumble on Sunday but those two have both you know stepped up both young guys and and Sean haven't they and 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 not really made us miss Justin as perhaps we thought we would no you're right I mean you've got you've got to look at um the, the whole scheme of things and it, I, I think don't we play something like was it calls it five defensive backs and whatever but so I think you need depth in there and I think what we've what we've struggled is 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 as though we've had the depth in the past it's been not not as good play as you would hope but it seems to be totally different mindset from these players like Stuart said something's gone on there where it's just like you know we're having this because I think Bradley Chubb's turned around this week and said I'm not being funny but this is the best defense I have ever played in. They seem to be enjoying themselves, don't they? I mean, next next year's going to be different <clears throat> because we're going to lose Kareem Jackson. I think I think he's probably you know coming to the end of his career now, and we we was all worried about who's going to replace him. Are we going to get a replacement? But we've got a replacement for him, and then. You know, we, we've got somebody standing behind him as well. So the future's good. We always worried about the secondary because the secondary struggled with injuries, etc., hasn't it, over the last few seasons? And and I think just going back to Pat Satan, Pat Patton had nobody else in his mind but him. He said he's watched him all the way from high school to college, and he was the player he wanted all along. It was a bit of breath by it last year, thinking hmm, we wanted a quarterback, but. You know, Peyton knew exactly what he was doing and, and knew exactly what he wanted. And it, and I worried about the lack of draft picks next year we've got. But I think in Peyton we trust. I can't, I can't think of, of 
at this moment in time, anywhere what needs to be improved on that defence. And Stuart, sticking with the positives, another something else that we've kind of, you know, kind of criticised and wished could be better over the past few years. Special teams. Dwayne Stooks has come in as a special teams coach. Corliss Waitman's replaced the veteran in Sam Martin as a punter. And he gets, you know, you never want your punter to get special teams player of the week because that means he's done a lot of work. But, I mean, he did what he needed to do and helped flip the field on, on numerous occasions, didn't he? And, and the special teams, yes, Banner McManus missed a field goal, but there's not much anyone else can do about that. The special teams has, has looked, you know, up there with the other two phases of play, hasn't it? It's just the way the, the way that football is. You see, you bring a new coach in, fresh blood, like Dave was saying then about, you know, Chubb's loving the defence now because of a new coaching system, a new way of playing things. Same with special teams. You, you get rid of your punter who, in Denver's thin air, still can't punt. I don't get that. We had the whole debacle of King from the Raiders who came over and couldn't punt at Denver for some massive leg, just couldn't punt in the thin air. Um, we've obviously got Cause uh, Waltman now come in. He's just his accuracy is beyond. He's exactly what you need. He's, he doesn't have to kick it 900 miles in the air and 400 miles out. He just kicks it in exactly the right place every single time, and we're now reaping the rewards of that because our defence is so solid. You get them inside their own 20, like he did six times on on Sunday you've got the opportunity there six times to force them into a position where if their punt is not quite on it, you're going to be at midfield straight away. And in Denver's thin air, 15 yards in, you've got a field goal attempt. So you've, you've got to look at it from the positive of that way. Like you've rightly said there, it's about time we did have a punter to, to complement special teams. I think Montreal Washington is one sidestep away from taking one to the house on his kick returns. Um, he's really exciting. I really do enjoy watching him. Um, so there's that as well. And then McManus is just—he's just automatic. So when he does miss, like he did on Sunday, it's a shock, um, a deep shock. Thinking he's missed one, he never misses because he is so automatic. It was like Matt Prater back in the day. Matt Prater was so automatic that he was massively shocked by him missing than you were from him kicking a 58, 59-yard field goal. Um, I think that we have that there. So you've got two A pluses. Um, like I say, Montreal Washington there is another A A plus easily. Um, so the coaching staff are doing well. They, we don't seem to be conceding a lot of yardage either when um, we're getting returned on on against us either. So I think as a unit, um, you've got to tip your hat to the um, the new coaches for what they've done with them. Yeah, and Dave, it's you know. Nice to have two out of three of the phases absolutely lights out so far when you know that the other one yeah. is almost certainly going to improve. And yeah, we're def- still winning games. Yeah. I mean, just, just a quick, just let I me mean, just quickly mention my thoughts on the special team. I'm going to use an old, I'm going to, to bore the hell out of you with rugby league, but I know rugby league adages, I always say a kick is only as good as the chase. And the fact that our, our punter is getting quite a nice bit of hang time on that ball and that's allowing airmen to get downfield so it's no surprise to me that he's got a special teams player because that ball's going up and it's giving airmen chance to get down there 
And yeah, yeah, back to the back to yeah. I mean, they, they were all saying weren't they, that when we scored, Russell Wilson, you know, did what Russell Wilson was brought in to do, and he actually, you know, had a drive. What what's what's ultimately um, won us the game. I, 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 he's convinced that they're not that far off, and I'm convinced they're not far off. You kind of just the timing's still just not quite right, though. It's just not not quite the. And I just think once it is, it, it's it's we're going to give some teams an absolute good hiding. And I'm talking, we're going to give good teams a good hiding as well. You can just you can smell it. Stuart, what have you kind of made of the offensive struggles through the first three weeks? It's a, it's a bit like Dave. I you know I've got a, a bit of sympathy with Russell Wilson. I've got a bit of sympathy with the head coach in terms of he's a rookie. I've got a bit of sympathy with the wide receivers who are not quite on pace to get away from defenders, so they are having a lot of contested catches. Um, so there is that. I then think to myself, a rookie head coach who's got a lot of things on his plate, I don't believe should be calling plays, which yes. obviously Hackett does. That's my big thing at the moment is I don't Agreed. believe... It should be him calling plays when he's got so many things to deal with as a rookie. If he'd been in the job for 20 years and he come in there, he wants to do both, that's fine. But for me, rookie shouldn't be doing it. That's that's my my one thing. The second thing then is I still think we're throwing far too much for the, the way that this team is yeah. set up. Yeah. Um, we've had we we had if you look at the the I'm just quickly looking at the box scores now. Okay, so Russell Wilson had 33 pass attempts. And six rushes, so that's thirty-nine passes. He also was sacked four times, so that's forty-three passes versus twenty-seven runs, which is for a close game. We've been in three close games. We've been in situational football where we just need to calm down, take a bit of time off the clock, have a little bit of a have a little bit of a run. We've had Williams going crazy with with yards after after contact. We've got Melvin Gordon the same in both games, and obviously a lot harder to run against the 49ers on Sunday. And he just doesn't seem to give the run any sort of substance. So you never get two full drives of just runs. I would love to just see us, even if we go seven runs in a row and it nets us 23 yards. I would just love him just to th- show that this offensive line, this running yeah. back, these tight ends that we've got that can block, they've sh- they've been sh- shown to be able to block their Sorbert is a fantastic blocker as a tight end. I don't understand why he doesn't get more playtime. Um, and it's just one of those things for me. Uh, Andrew Beck there can play, come and slide in as a fullback. He can slide in as a H-back, I-back. He can go as tight end. You've got so much flexibility with him in, in the team. Why are you not having a lot of formations with with him and Sorber in there, making it look like a run, and having Beck leak out and just like a six yard catch, just to keep defenses on the. It's little things like that. He's come in as this this red zone guru, and has been woeful in the red zone. So there's obviously issues somewhere down the line there. Russell Wilson might be coming in trying to overtake him because he is a rookie and Russell Wilson is more experienced. It could be things like that. Um, with all the injuries through camp and the little niggles that we've had, the little niggles we've had at the start of the season, it might well be Russell Wilson isn't quite comfortable throwing to these receivers. He had a couple of passes to Hilton that was 
that, that were absolutely awful, awful attempts um, against uh, the Texans last last week. And he's come in there, and he just doesn't seem to want. He just seems to want to throw every single ball at Cortland Sutton, which I'm not bothered about because Cortland Sutton's going to catch a hell of a lot more balls um, than than he's going to not. So there's things like that. You know, KJ Hamler needs to come back in and be a little bit of a, a, a stretcher uh, with what he was doing with um, Drew Locke last year and um, Bridgewater. So you've got him to come in. We're just missing a couple of pieces on offense that I think would make Russell Wilson look a lot better. You're missing massively, massively missing wide receivers. Uh, Jerry Judy, not 100%. You've obviously got um, Tim Patrick missing, injured. He's a massive, massive, massive loss for this offensive um, unit. Um, Sutton has, has come back and he's just shown how, how much quality the boy has. He's, he's absolutely fantastic. Um, and then you've got no tight end. You've got no tight end productivity. So the 49ers know they don't have to cover the middle of the field. They can just cover a little bit extra on the, out, uh, on the outside, outside the numbers. And Russell Wilson doesn't seem to be able to find anything comfortable enough for him to progress. Now, like I say, is he changing the plays? Is Hackett saying to him, you've got three plays, here they are, you pick one? If, if he's doing that, then it's on Russell Wilson. He needs to be stepping up a lot better as a leader and putting himself in better positions to progress this team down the field and into better positions to score points every drive. Um, after saying that, we've had defensive units come... The, the Texans, they might not have won a game this year, but they've defensively played it extremely well. So for him, them to come in and limit Russell Wilson, you've got to give some credit to, um, is it Lovey Smith that's their head coach there? So you've got to give credit to him. You've got to give credit to the 49ers because they are a fantastic defensive unit. They always have been. They always will be. It's just one of those things. 49ers, defence. Steelers, defence. Denver now at the moment are becoming one of those teams where you just assume they're just going to have a really good defence every year. So when you put all those things into perspective, there's... You're giving them a C grade so far this season because they are missing massive opportunities. They don't seem to be um, sitting into a comfortable position where they can just go and run eight, nine plays off the bat that like the like the Chiefs do or the Jags do. You look at the Jags against the Colts and um, the Chargers. They seem to have a plan. They stick to it, and it just is coming off at the moment. As our plan just seems to be. Well, whatever you want. No, no, whatever you want. No, I'll go on, then you pick this one. No, no, I'll pick this one. No, you pick this one. That's what it seems at the moment, and it's just not coming off us. But, Dave, when it mattered on that final drive, we did see some vintage Russell Wilson, didn't we? He was off script, scrambling about. He had the yeah. great scramble before finding Kendall Hinton. You know, when it really mattered, as these quarterbacks do of that yeah. standard, he found a way and found that little bit of magic, didn't he? I suppose the argument is, is that's all that matters at the end of the day, isn't it? You know, as 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 hard as it is as a watch, you know, you come away with the the W regardless of, of how you get there. But just nipping back to Cortland Sutton, I believe he's fit, isn't he, at the moment in receiver in reception. So we must be doing something right because if we've got a receiver who's in the top five, you know, the ball's obviously, you know coming out and doing what it should be. Well, it's like Stuart said, it, it needs to be a, a more balanced offence. It needs to be more run, you know, pass, whatever, and this, that, and the other. I'm still not convinced we're all certain the, the uh, half-backs is, is the right thing. Is that perhaps what's kind of putting us off running the ball more? 
Um, but like I said, I'm I'm absolutely our right tackle's got graded really good grade for you know for pass blocking uh, for run blocking, but not so much for pass blocking. And I he's think not hearing for, that, he's not there for pass blocking. Yeah, but but I mean, when we want to pass, why don't why don't we switch you out then? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Well, then, then the defence will know you're in a pass play, won't they? Yeah, well, unless you've got your no right, gadget. Like, well, your, you right, your, right tack- your right tackle is never never designated as a pass blocker. Never. Yeah. It's always the run. Uh, the left tackle is always the pass blocker, can't block the run. And yeah. the right tackle is run blocker, can't block the pass. Right, well, he, he got graded out pretty pretty high and pretty good for run. For run. <laughs> so if he's getting graded out pretty high, like you said, Stuart, why aren't we running it more? I, ju- I just, I, it, I think you've hit the nail on the edge, Stuart, by saying it's too much for Hackett because he's brought and somebody hasn't it to help him with his time management. And it, you can yeah. tell it was a lot better. It was far, far less penalties uh, yeah. from us. And, and that's worked. So I like, I like Hackett's one of these were, I think, um, Fangio was stubborn. He was absolutely stubborn. You know what I mean? And I think Hackett's not that. Hackett's like, okay, well, there's a problem here. Uh, I'll sort that out and I'll do this. So hopefully he's going to pass play calling duties over, hopefully, and just concentrate this year on being a head coach, you know, because it might work out better for us if we have the offensive coordinator calling the players. I think I think maybe that could be the crux of it, Stuart, to be honest with you. Maybe Hackett's got too much on his plates and it's it's affecting how the offense is being run. I think you've. I'm not sure Justin Outland's ever called players, has he? So I think you've got to let Hackett continue yeah, yeah. to call players, and then you know Jerry Rosberg. We've already seen the difference in the game management, haven't we? From one week to the next, as Dave mentioned, no, yeah. the penalties collapsed. The time management was great. I thought the two challenges, while unsuccessful, were both better challenges than calls. we've been used to in. Uh, previous years, especially the second one when we, we kind of needed to take the time out anyway. Um, so I think we kind of have, you know, we've seen great growth in that area. And I think, you know, I think the offence, you know, it takes time, doesn't it? A new scheme, yeah. a, a new, you know, packet. Obviously, he had two weeks to settle into doing both. He's realised what I needed to we, improve. Uh, and, I think you know, forget it, they're all, they're all rookies, every single one of them. Yeah, yeah. All no. rookies. No one's, forget, no one's forgetting that. Rogers struggled his it. first three weeks, didn't he? In this, yeah. In his transfer, you know, when you've played one way for ten years, it's it's never easy to transfer. That was kind of another one of my arguments, where Russell Wilson's been stuck in a certain system for so long, and I think one of his reasons for leaving was he didn't like that system anymore. He was, you know what I mean? He wanted to spread his wings, so to speak. So I think that's why he wanted to come to Denver. So once we're, once we're looking at all this, it's it must be hard for Russell Wilson to kind of switch off 10 years of learning and unlearn what he's learned in 10 years and then start learning again. So His, term, his terminology, it, a, lot yeah. of the, a lot of the quarterbacks is the, the main thing they, they have struggled with. It's not yeah. the plays, it's not the way it is in the huddle there. It's the terminology. Because yeah. while they have, like, colours one time there, it might be, you know... Numbers the next time there, so you're running a three route this time, whereas before you're running a yellow route. It's just little yeah. things like that there that it takes them time then to figure out when they're in the huddle when they look at the playbook. It's yeah. not it's not X three, it's X yellow or whatever. Do you know what I mean? It's 
but he's experienced. He should know that he could come and do those sorts of things there. He's had the playbook for the full off season. Yeah. He's had no preseason play, which is where he's had all the time then to keep looking at film, keep doing the right things in the building. And I just think some of the injuries have not helped him with who he's throwing the ball at. I think I think some of it is that. I think some of it is that Hackett. I don't think people expected Hackett to struggle this much with his time yeah. management, with the in, ill discipline, with the uh, you know obscene amount of penalties, the turnovers, all these sorts of things. That I don't think he was expecting. I think it's hit him hard, and to show him how how quality he is, he has gone outside and just gone, look, I'm struggling. Get me somebody, and someone's come in. Look at the difference. You know, yeah. you've had five penalties when you had more than that in the first quarter last week. Yes. Yes. So that's that. You've got no turnovers. It, you know, you've you've won the turnover battle three nil. Time of possession, you've won thirty four minutes. They, I think they had thirty four, thirty five minutes of, of yeah. possession. So the things that I love to see uh, my team have, they had in abundance. They didn't lose a turnover battle. They ran the ball not as much as I'd like, but that's just me. If the if the uh, coach wants to be a passing team, then so be it. But I want us to be a run team because that's where I think the team has got the strength and is where we're built to yeah. to do yeah. well now. Um, time of possession we've had. All these things here, I look at and I think to myself that we are we are one game, one little comfy little stage there where. Russell Wilson could just stand back and just go, I'm going to throw this and I know Judy's going to be there and he yeah. will do and Judy will be there. And yet, oh, if I could just get this over here to my tight end and the tight end will be there to catch it. No drops this time. No drops yeah. like the Seattle game. No drops like the Texan game where it yeah. just seemed, you know, and like to go back to what Tom said there before, you know, when we've needed Russell Wilson, he's come through with us with two fantastic drives that resulted in, in, in two touchdowns there. We drew lock at quarterback with probably 0-3 and thinking the world's ending, despite this defence being as good as it is, whereas two good drives have got us thinking, well, we're 2-1, and one. we're just a little bit away from lighting everybody uh, on fire. So but I think it's just different eggs and oranges, isn't it? Some people are forgetting that we are 2-1. and one. I think what yeah. they're expecting... They, I think they're expecting... Peyton Manning. <laughs> yeah, they were. Two I, and one I, and I tweet- tied for first place in the division. Yeah, I tweeted that. I tweeted that, or I messaged you boys on, on on the on the little group chat there uh, that people do the fan base do need to realise that we we haven't got Peyton Manning two point We've got somebody completely different in a completely yeah. different situation in a completely different organisational situation and offence that is completely full of rookies around him. It's not John Fox and all his experience yeah, that we had exactly. with Peyton Manning came. It is literally let's get everybody out and get everybody new in. Um, the owners have come in, yeah. making themselves seen. They're, they're looking and making all the right noises to, to lift everybody. It's just the offence. If we could just score multiple touchdowns in a game, just have a few drives where Russell Wilson looks like the old Russell Wilson with his is poise in the pocket. He, he sometimes he just seems to be running for his life on that drive that he did. But it is vintage Wilson. That's what he does when he looks like he's going to be threatened. That's when he's at his most dangerous. Kyler Murray's another one. We'll get to see him later in the season. But Kyler Murray's another one. Just out it. of nowhere, he'll just do something mental, and you're like, well, that's what he does. A stat what bothers me, I think, is I think we've only scored on our opening drive. Is it once or twice in thirty odd games? Yeah. That that is a Correct. stat. What bothers me? Who, who was I watching? 
was it the Bills? They've they've scored something like on on every on every starting drive for 18, 19 games straight. And I'm looking us, we've scored I think two two times in thirty odd games. I think that is something what needs to really be addressed. That and our red zone wars, I think if them two things are addressed. One hundred percent in the red zone on Sunday, Dave. What are you on about? Yeah, there you go, so Dave. Yeah. Come on now. Yeah. If you want right. to get there once. <laughs> then if you get there once, solves problems. <laughs> yeah, but, I know what you're saying. Yeah. And yeah, Stuart, it's the week you always look towards. I know it's rare the week. Favorite, my second favorite game of the season every year. After. Raiders away. Is it, is it away? Are we it's away, away, isn't it? it? Is it are we away? Oh, this is then. This oh, is my favorite game. This is number my one. favorite game of the week. This number one. one. Yeah. I thought it was. Yeah, I, I thought we was. Stuart. I thought we had three home games in a row now, and it's not. So we are away. So that's good then. That's my favorite game. They're in a, they're in the absolute demise of having spent all this money on all these players and done all these things in the off season, getting Josh McDaniels, having all these superstars turn up like Devontae Adams, and uh, yeah, they're still in the mud, which is good. Always good the to Josh see Ma- the Josh McDaniels who wouldn't uh, take questions from the Denver media. Yeah, good. Yeah, um, I like well, it. I like him still being uh, a bit salty about stuff. Just bad with people, I think is. Uh... I mean, some of He's the come sto- from Belichick's a, coaching tree. What do you expect? A couple of stories, aren't there, that have come out this week on Twitter from his time in Denver, and his uh, people management certainly left a lot to be desired back He's then. Come um, Belichick's, Belichick's tree. He thought he was the next Bill Belichick. He thought he was the next superstar. He thought he was the next everything. The arrogance of of him, the whole time he was in Denver, the whole time he was um, in training camp, the way he looked and moved. You'd think he'd been the head coach for 70 years and had won 62 Super Bowls. Um, he got put on his ass by teams um, after a fantastic start with the Broncos. And the first thing he did when it got tough was put his tail between his legs and run back to to, to the Patriots. Um, he's been offered a couple of jobs. He's tried to go for them, realised he's not got the um, structures around him that he has back in New England, and he's gone straight back there. Um, he's now decided that he's good enough to come and be a head coach and he's realising quickly that he isn't. Um, and I think if he struggles this year, I, I don't think the Raiders will stick with him. I think the Raiders are going to be one of those teams and I, I hoped Denver wouldn't be it. Um, it's just every year changing the coach, every couple of years changing the coaches, changing this, changing that constantly because there's no... Uh, continuity with the team, you're never going to go back to winning seasons, no matter who the coach is. So while they're doing that, I'm happy about it. I read a tweet, I think it was yesterday or today, they're actually trying to shop Derek Carr. They've been doing that for two years. They're trying to move in, aren't And I thought, well, they've had Marcus Mariota, who I think is an half-decent quarterback. Derek Carr isn't that bad of a quarterback. You don't win Super Bowls with half decent quarterbacks, so Dave. In this, that's the problem, isn't it? And the thing, the thing is, they paid him now, so he's going to be yeah. extremely hard to shift on because they've paid him. But they either got rid of him or paid him, so they shopped him, shopped him, shopped him. Nobody was interested, so they've gone. Well, we're going to have to pay him now, so they've paid him, and then he's gone. Well, 
get me Adams because of the our college uh, yeah. connection, because of this, that, and the other. They've gone and broke the absolute bank on Devontae Adams, and for some reason there, uh, they've got no play out of um, Waller. They've got no play out of um, uh, what's it called, Ren- Benro or something? The the other wide receiver. He's in he, concussion protocol this week. He's in as well, concussion isn't he? pro. He's in concussion protocol, so they've not really had much out of him um, over the, the, the couple of years. They've blown two big leads as well this season, so it just goes to show there that no matter what he's, that no matter what McDaniel's has done over the course of his career over the last fifteen years, he's always going to be in the shadow of Bill Belichick time there because Bill did everything and he's looked after the offense. He's got to look after everything now when he can't do it. But some people yeah. are just coordinators, aren't they? And some are, yeah, they are. You know what I mean? Big fan, well, big we've fan seen job. that in Denver over the last yeah, few years. Of course we have. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, but it is a, a big game. I mean, it's always a big game, but Massive. you know, the Raiders, Dave, are going to be absolutely desperate at 0 3. They simply have to win. And for the Broncos yeah. as well, you know, you don't want to be losing to an 0 3 Raiders team if you've got playoff aspirations. And, and the offense really will be desperate to prove that they can keep up with the defence as well. And you don't want to lose like a divisional match either, do you? Because that could have ramifications. So, you know, it's all it's all to play for. Uh, I'm just excited to see the Raiders go 0-4 next week. Stuart, prediction time. What what do you think is going to happen on Sunday? I want it to be like 70 nil. Is Correct. that too much to ask? No, because I was going to go with that. <laughs> is is that too much to ask? Because well, Pitt, I, I think if we look back to Peyton Manning's first season in Denver, wasn't his breakout game kind of the Raiders? After yeah, it, For, start, it was the Raiders 41-17. when we Yeah, forty-one seventeen. Yeah. So I'll take a 41-17, one hundred percent. I would um, to to give to give the Raiders a, a tiny bit of credit, and I hate doing it, and I need to go and drink gasoline or something. But they they do have some some good players. I, I do like Josh Josh Jacobs as a running back. Um, Derek Carr is is for all intents and purposes an extremely good quarterback who just seems just be missing um, a, a couple of plays, uh, an offensive lineman every now and again. He just seems to shut off. I don't know what it is with him. I'm, I'm grateful sometimes because they'd be in a lot better position if they didn't. But um, they, they've got. Good players along the along line. They've always had a good offensive line, despite um, their struggles through the 90s and 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 the noughties. Um, they've finally got a wide receiver and a tight end combo that they can trust in in Adams and and Waller. Um, defense is not that special, but they just seem to always perform against Denver. I don't know what it is. The, the last four, five, six years. They've been getting absolutely gashed for yards by everybody else. But when we come to town, they just seem to just up their game far beyond their expectations. Um, and I think the Raiders play like I want Denver to play. If our two, if our only two wins of a season are against the Raiders, I'm happy with that as a season. I'd go 2-14, and 2-15 and 15 if them two is the Raiders every single season. Um and I just think the Raiders play like that sometimes, where they play as if their whole life depends on beating Denver. And I think if we get got into the situational and and got ourselves in any way, shape or form, a way of playing that that just means we can perform against them, like the Peyton days, like the John Elway days, I think we could put them to the sword. We do owe them for um, Run DMC running all over us, putting a 50-burger on us, um, 
about 15 years ago, 16 years ago, whenever it was. Um, we do owe them for that. 100% we owe them for that. I just hope it comes. I hope all the offence just clicks. Everything just goes on. We've got 30 points by half-time. And we can just push on from there with, with some, some plays, with some schemes. And, and that pushes us forward offensively for the rest of the season. So after all that, Stuart, can we have a prediction? I'll, I'll, I'll put us up 50. I'll, I'll have us 50-17. Uh, I'm going to go... I think it's a really close one. Uh, I'm going to go 27-24 Broncos. Dave? I'm with 17-9. No, no offensive breakout from you, then? <clears throat> That'll happen at that Wembley. Oh, bloody hell. Can't wait that, that long, that, babe. That, that <laughs> no, we'll, still continue, four games <laughs> we'll still continue to win. But, <laughs> no, I, I, That's I it. think... Russ is just waiting to play in London I to give us all a treat. Is because Josh McDaniels is, is going to like really, really lift his team and get his team up for this. And like Stuart said, they always perform well against us. And we're away. So I, I'm, I'm just I'm absolutely 100% confident in that defence of ours. So I'm going to go 17-9. Right. Well, I think that will just about do us for this week. Wembley moves one week closer and the Broncos keep winning so far. Uh, hopefully a third in a row on Sunday. So thanks to everyone for listening. As always, thanks to David Stewart for joining me. And we'll see you all next week when hopefully the Broncos have given the Raiders a good beating. I just want to quickly wish my rugby team, the Lee Centurions, who play in the grand final on Sunday, if they win, they get into Super League. I want to wish them good luck. And Broncos country, let's ride.